man got on my nerves. He was running me a mouth. He ridiculed me, calling me a bum. I whooped Batman's ass. 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 Yeah, you'll have that song in your head the whole day. <laughs> I've been trying to get at a part any kind of party where we're playing music. I always try to get people into Wheeler Walker Jr., Stephen Lynch, or Wesley Willis. And uh, I did that the other day with some friends of mine at a bachelor party at my buddy Dan's bachelor party that already happened. I've talked about that a few times on my podcast, which is called Check Your Brain. Hi, everybody. My name is Tony Mazur. This is the free version of the podcast that's also going to be on Patreon. So if you're listening to this on Patreon, you're probably hearing it on Tuesday. If you're listening to this for free, it's at least Wednesday at 3 a.m. when I schedule them to go out. I appreciate you folks for listening. I'm going to try and get on. I've been talking about locals. So I'm on Patreon. It's five bucks a month. All you have to do if you're listening for free. If you like what you hear, like the content here, all you have to do is sign up. Go to patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. I'm also trying to go on different sites. I've tried locals. For whatever reason, I can't upload anything to locals. I'm having trouble, so I might try minds, M-I-N-D-S dot com. So I'm thinking of doing that. Anyone, you know, anyone hear about it? Any good word? Any recommendations? Is it a good site to go on? So, I don't know. Trying to expand my horizons for you fine folks, and uh, especially here for free. So, uh, these free podcasts, I put them out. Um, you know, the, the paid podcasts, I usually do about four a week, and then I usually put out a free one. I used to do guests, but the guests really weren't. It was, it was fine. It was cool. Um, but... Yeah, the guests didn't really move the needle as much as I wanted to as far as the traffic. So, hey, why not put a podcast that's a little bit more representative of what I really like doing on these podcasts, which are ranting and commenting on the stories of the day, whether it's news and politics or sports or comedy and radio stories, everything like that. So I have that all here on this podcast, which is called Check Your Brain on Patreon and wherever you get your podcasts for free every Wednesday. Like I said, uh, by the way, again, congratulations to my wife, Leah, for winning an Emmy over the weekend. She won a local Emmy, uh, part of a group. Uh, it wasn't just her, but it was part of a group at her news station, and uh, she won. So while I was getting near sun poisoning and going on a boat and had my captain's hat, and was really enjoying myself for a little bit and kind of getting into boat mode. I liked it. I want to live in a boat. I think I want to do that. That's my life. Just go to rent a storage locker, put all my shit in a storage locker, and then yeah, just uh, live on a boat. Have my cats, boat shoes, captain's hat all the time, terrible sunburn. Probably get skin cancer, but that's okay. It's all cost of living. It's cost of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on these podcasts, I kind of rant and rave for uh, on the free ones. And today's podcast, because I've, I've been talking about this for the last month now of the pride stuff. It's the only thing I'm going to say about the Pride Pride situation. Pride parades, LGBTQ month, everything. It's wrapping up at the end of the week. That's it. That's it. We had the big blowout weekend over the weekend for, for Pride. And 
Then we go into July, the 4th of July, Independence Day. We have Bobby Bonilla Day. He gets his 1.6 million, is that what it is? On July 1st, it drops into his direct deposit. He has not played since 2001, but he had a nice backloaded contract, and he's able to defer the payments all the way up until 2025. So, luckily, June's about done, and uh, that means that, uh, does that mean just like with March, that we stop caring about black people, we stop caring about gay and trans people by July? Who knows? We'll see. I'm just being facetious and being silly. So uh, here is a, this is a man at a children, uh, twerking in front of children at a family-friendly pride parade in Minnesota. That's uh, at Twin Cities Pride that's there in the Twin Cities. And uh, I'm sure the Temptations who are in the background with their ain't too proud. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's, it's a meme in of itself. And it's this older man who looks like he's about 60. He's wearing work boots and uh, shin guards. And he's essentially like wearing a diaper and twerking in front of children. I'm sorry, but again, I, I'm not, the, by the way, this is the only thing I'm going to say pride related in this podcast we're moving on to other things today there's other pressing issues to get to but i'm sorry but the sexual nature of the pride parades is not appropriate again if it's 21 and over and you're in a club you're in a bar you're wherever you do whatever the hell you want to do god bless i I, i've always said i'm a sexual libertarian but if you're twerking your basically non-existent ass while wearing a diaper in front of children, and we're supposed to, as Americans, as parents, as anybody with a humanity, is supposed to go, that is beautiful, that is gorgeous, that is impactful, that is just empowering. How do you not love that? That is just a man showing off his pride, his pride in his fat ass and his work boots. Jesus Christ, where... <laughs> where where are you using work boots, sir? Where did you buy those? Are you an actual like do you work on a job site five days a week? You're wearing high vis clothing, but then when you know it's Saturday, it's Twin Cities Pride, just strip off the clothes, strip off the high vis, and we'll just we'll just go in the uh you know, the body that God made me and some uh, Hanes underwear. Ugh God. I'm sorry, it's just it's it's too sexual. All this stuff is too sexual, but nobody's saying anything about it because they're afraid of being homophobic and transphobic and this and that. Until you have parents, until you have people really starting to step it up, this is going to continue. It's going to get even more perverse. Just wait till Pride 2023. So I said last week's podcast, wait until next week or next year. Wait until next year. It's going to, you're going to think that the 2021 parade is transphobic and homophobic compared to it. Like, gosh, it's almost cisgender if you ask me. Hmm. All right, I'm dropping it. That's it. Uh, other stuff going on before we get to the meat and potatoes today. This is an interesting story from the Washington Examiner. This is Joe Biden unwittingly financed Hunter Biden's participation in an escort ring tied to Russia. 
Joe wired $100,000 to Hunter from December 2018 through January of 2019, the same time frame he spent $30,000 on escorts tied to uh, Russian email, uh, .ru email addresses. So, I want to play this here, because it says, keep in mind as you watch this video of Hunter accosting an escort tied to a Russian bank account. On January 17th, 2019, Hunter tells sister-in-law, I don't have a dime. January 18th, 6.31 p.m., Joe Biden wires five... Remember, this is Joe Biden, not yet president. I don't even think he declared at that point. Joe Biden wires $5,000 to Hunter. January 18th, same day, three hours later, Hunter films this video. It's a lead up. Hey. Hey. Are you okay? Everything fine? Are you hurting anyway? Any anyway. By the way, Hunter sounds just like Mike Cernovich. Have you ever heard have you ever noticed that? It's really odd. Hey. Is anything hurt on you? Anything? I was literally saying I'm sorry that it took so long to give you $10,000. Do you have any bruise, anything? Is any, have I ever touched you in a bad way? Ever? Have I asked you every time if I could touch you? Every time? Sweetheart, look at me. You cannot talk to me that way and say things like that. Because I'm more respectful than anyone you've ever met. Are you okay? This whole family is liars. What? Here. No. I thought you said you wanted water. It's the only water I have. What? Why is he filming this? What is he filming? Why is he filming everything? This is... It, Here's the one, here's the difference. When you talk about slimy politicians like the Clintons, is that the Clintons were at least pretty slick about it. Slick Willie, Hillary. You know, you, you can look up in, on the dark web of the Clinton death count, and there's a lot tied to it. Very interesting. Ghislaine Maxwell, apparently, she's on suicide watch, even though she's not suicidal. That's uh, news over the weekend. Isn't it kind of interesting that... You know, at least the Clintons kind of, uh, you know, are pretty, I don't want to say classy, but not as sleazy and scummy as the Biden family. And it's a, it's a, it's a shame that Bo, Bo's the only honorable one of the family and he's the dead one. And then, by the way, if you look up Hunter Biden, because I was just looking it up as that video was playing, Hunter Biden age, he, he's a 52 year old man. He's born 1970. But if you look it up on Google, it says Hunter Biden, American attorney. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you, Google. Thank you. He's an American attorney, just as John Wayne Gacy was an entrepreneur. He was a he was a children's entertainer. <laughs> it's just it, it's amazing. But this whole family has been scummy for decades. And you're talking about Joe Biden. I always talk about this with Joe Biden. I've said it on my Patreon. I don't know how many times I've mentioned it on regular free podcasts. 
Joe Biden has not accomplished a damn thing in 50 years in Congress. Not a thing. Like what? He's uh, he's lied about everything. He lied about his college transcripts. He's lied about everything he's done. And anything that you can even conceivably say that he did well, I don't even say well, that he did something that was in a fairly positive manner, he either botched or had to go back and apologize for. Joe Biden was one of the one of those who was instrumental in that crime bill in 1994, which did lower crime. You you think crimes crime was bad ten years ago? Eh, it wasn't bad at all if you look at the stats. If you looked it up from where the peak was around 92, 93, all the way to where it was 20 years later, crime dropped off the map. It only had an uptick in uh, that year of 2020 when it seemed like uh, there were these uh, protests and uh, mostly fiery but mostly peaceful protests were encouraged. It's kind of interesting how that worked out. But Joe Biden, he had to apologize for the crime bill because they said, oh, you know, but by today's standards, it looks racist. So are you a racist? What's your history? I had that argument with somebody recently on social media about, I said, name me a criticism of Joe Biden. His admit, you're a Democrat. Name me your criticism of Joe Biden without bringing up Donald Trump because they really cannot. It's like, well, yeah, Trump is where I didn't say Trump. I said, what is your criticism you could have of Joe Biden right now? And he's like, oh, well, you know, he hasn't had the greatest history on race. Okay, well, I was told that if you have a candidate who doesn't have a great history on race, doesn't that mean that you are voting for a racist? By in turn, you are a racist now? Because you're voting for a racist with racist policies? I mean, if we're playing that game. So you're going to tell me that your only criticism of Joe Biden has been, he hadn't had a great history in race, and he's kind of old. He's kind of old. That's about it. So... Yeah, granted, gas prices as of today, as I'm recording this, went down in my area. I've been, I was seeing like 469 and 459. I even think I saw a place that was 449, and it's the suspension of the gas tax. We're spending gas tax and spending for three months. Oh, really? Three months? That's nice. So, what's in three months? Oh, it's election time. I see what it is. Yeah. Okay, but. Joe Biden, uh, just a sleazy human being. His son is even worse. Make sure you get 10% for the big guy. But why is he filming this stuff? I mean, there, there is a slew of stuff. Filming sexual escapades, filming his dick, his, his mouth, his meth-addicted, just rattled mouth. Riddled, I should say. His riddled mouth, not rattled. But you know, he probably chewed on rattles at that point. And he's going to the dentist to get new teeth because his just teeth are rotted from drugs. Doing cocaine. Uh, all these creepy things with this. His dead brother's ex-wife. I'm like, what? What is going on? And nobody says anything. And so you're talking about this story where wiring money to for Russian escorts. This is the same stuff that they accused Trump and his sons over. Oh, well, you know, Trump is a cocaine head. Well, you don't have proof of Donald Trump, the, the dad, being a cocaine head. You also don't have proof of the son, Donald Trump Jr., being a cokehead. You can think he is. You can speculate and say that he talks a million miles an hour, which is true. He does talk a million miles an hour. I, I met him a couple of months ago. But 
You have no proof of it. With Hunter Biden, you actually have legitimate proof of drug use and lying about buying handguns and everything. But again, it it's what we say. It's everything that they accused Trump and Trump and his kids of doing, the Bidens are doing. But there's no follow-up with these. And especially when you have a White House that's, of, of course, you're going to have your affirmative action hire, Corrine Jean-Pierre, who's the uh, incompetent White House press secretary. Tony, are you saying she's incompetent because she's a black woman who's gay and she's strong and immigrant? No, she's an incompetent woman. She's an incompetent person who only got the job because she's black and gay and an immigrant and whatever. But she got, honestly, she looks pretty good for her age. She's actually older. Did you know that she's older than Jen Psaki? Psaki looks like just this haggard woman, this haggard peppermint patty. And you have Corrine Jean-Pierre, who's actually older. She's like 45. Like, oh, she didn't look too bad. Maybe black doesn't crack. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's just amazing that everything they've accused the... Uh, the Trumps of doing that the Bidens are really doing and there's no follow-up no one says anything it's okay and I was going back I was listening to Biden clips from a couple of years ago just even in 2020 when he would be hiding in his basement because because you know COVID's out there he sounds way way better then too and even at the debate compared to where he's at now He's just this you, you talk about how the job just ages people they always show those photos of you have Barack Obama who has like this dark soy sauce colored hair from 2008 when he's about to become president to where he was in 2017 when he was leaving office and it's just he's an old man he's Morgan Freeman at that point and George W. Bush same thing it's like oh George he was the you know former governor and he owned that he was partner with the Texas Rangers then by the end it's like oh he's an old man now isn't he so yeah, it, uh, it Joe Biden. When you see the pre the picture of him as an old man in 2020 and 21, think about God forbid if he actually wins, runs again, doesn't die in that time, and wins, he would be 86 years old after he leaves office in 2020, uh, uh, 2028. Can you believe that? An 86 year old president. Uh, we don't, we don't even need a 66-year-old president. I include Trump in that. We, we need to think a little bit younger, if you ask me. And that includes Elizabeth Warren. That includes Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is older than Biden. <laughs> if you had him run and him do two terms in 24, and you're talking about a guy in his 90s, ain't going to happen. It's not happening. So, yeah, anyways... That's enough of the Bidens right now. We'll get we'll get back to his administration, but let's talk about the uh, the matter at hand right now. The way it's been the big issue since Friday. It's been the big issue since the beginning of May, and it came to a head about ten o'clock in the morning on Friday that Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned. Now, what does that mean? That uh, if you talk to anybody on the left, in the the hysterical left, which but I repeat myself. You would think they're a ban banning abortion the entire country. No. All it's doing, folks, is it's returning it to the states, which is where it was pre-50, about 50 years ago. It returns it to the states. And if you live in Mississippi, if you live in Alabama, if you live in some of these states where a little more conservative, a little more Christian, however they feel, you are going to have your opportunity that if you live there and you are pro-choice and you want to leave, you can leave. Go ahead and leave. Go to California. 
Go to Oregon. Go to Vermont. Go to Washington. Go to New York. Go to Illinois. Those are places that are going to be very welcoming of abortion, of woman's right to choose. And you might have some states will say, yeah, it's going to be uh, like in Poland. Zero weeks abort uh, for abortions. None. It ain't happening here. So it's part of this national divorce. We vote with our feet. So that's the big story right now, as you're going to hear right now from this clip from Family Guy. <laughs> now, now, this is just a suggestion, just throwing it out there. Have you considered abortion? Uh, Peter, I think it's too late for that. Oh, don't let the press put the scare into you. Wade v. Boggs has not been overturned. Yeah, but you can't really abort a live baby. Oh, boy, they have got you. <laughs> but you think about it, that clip came out how many years ago? That clip, I, that probably is at least a 13-year-old Family Guy clip, 12 or 13. And it's a quagmire holding a baby. Well, if you talk to some people in certain states, they could say that it's justified that that baby can be aborted. Yeah, not kidding. That's almost precious. It's, it, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, it's, it's not funny, but it's funny. Um, but Wade V. Boggs, that's... That's what I want to go for. That's basically the entire clip that I want to get to. So you talk about what, what is going on with abortion in certain states. And you are now seeing Tesla, you're seeing Google, you're seeing Meta, which owns Facebook, and a couple other companies that are saying, we will pay for your healthcare services to cross state lines. Because if you're in a state that might ban abortion or ban it up to a certain point, uh, certain weeks then we will pay for your services, kind of like with maternity leave, except you're not actually having the kid. You're getting rid of the kid. You're terminating it. And you are crossing state lines. Interesting. We'll get to that in a second. But isn't that kind of funny? We're uh, talking about crossing state lines. So it's okay to kill something when you cross state line. But if you're Kyle Rittenhouse and you cross state lines and you killed somebody in self-defense, anyways, anyway, I'm just... Just throwing that out there, crossing state lines. So this is uh, what the Biden administration and HHS is looking to do. Blaine, I wanted to ask you about several companies that say they're going to help their employees if they need to go out of state for abortion access. Yeah. What companies are we talking about here? Yeah, we're talking about some pretty big names, Stephen. We're talking about Disney and Netflix, Dick's Sporting Goods, all among that list uh, that seems to be growing by the day. What's also interesting is over the weekend, uh, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra told NBC's Kate Snow at the Aspen Ideas Conference that his department is actually looking into providing transportation services for women who are seeking to go across state lines to get those. Okay, so... I did see this one right before I was hitting record, is that not only are the government looking to do that, but they're also, there's a rumor that they would do this on national parks, that you can go to Yosemite, you go wherever, I, you know, insert your own national park of choice in your area, that you would be able to set up a tent for you to, do you, you think about it, are you really that desperate to get an abortion? I mean, there's contraception. There's little thing we like to call condoms or pulling out or even plan B, which is not going to get bad. Don't they're, they keep bringing that up and all these different types of, oh, they're going to ban all these other things like plan B. No, they're not. It's not going to happen. Plan B is plan B really should be if you were having sex and the condom broke and 
you you were trying to be careful and you look down and you realize you just have this uh, this this ring around you, the, the base of your dick and you go oh shoot well looks like i'm going to uh, well we weren't planning on this we were actually trying to be careful so you go over to the, the to the right aid or the walgreens or cvs and you go all right here's some money or some plan b here's what we got to do but yeah crossing state lines and then going into national parks because you want to get an abortion that bad. And again, I said this on the Monday podcast, the Patreon podcast, is that these people who are protesting in California or in downtown Los Angeles, in San Francisco, you realize that you'll still be able to get abortions. Like, And if you're somebody who is in a red state that is going to say, all right, we're going to put these what some call draconian measures on, okay, well, then move to a different state. This is where you start to vote with your feet. This is where I was considering the last couple of years about leaving Ohio, because even though, even though Ohio is getting a little bit more red, it's kind of crimson, if you ask me, there are some uh, rhino Republicans that have kind of ruined this state. Ohio has some pretty bad Republicans. I, all the way to the days of having Bob Taft as our governor and George Voinovich and um, yeah, uh, John Kasich is another one. Mike DeWine is awful. I hate. He's a Republican too. I, I would not vote. I would actually almost vote for a Democrat over Mike DeWine in this governor's race. But you know, Ohio has their share of Republicans that are pretty feckless and pretty awful. And it, and I thought DeWine failed. I thought he was awful during the COVID regime to the point where I'm like, you know what, who's, who is doing a good job is that guy in Florida, Ron DeSantis. He's doing pretty well. I would prefer to vote with my feet. So if you're talking about this national divorce, I would love to live in Florida. I, if I could pack up and move tomorrow, if I can end the lease in the apartment where I am broadcasting this podcast from right now, I would move right away. I, I don't care. I'd work at a planet fitness. I would work at a Midas muffler shop. I don't care. I'll get a job anywhere as long as I can be out of this state and into Florida because that's how strongly I feel about when it comes to values. Some people, their values and their sacraments are abortion. Is all of this, uh, the pride stuff, everything like that, that's tenets of their faith because their faith is statism. Their faith is government. So if one of your sacraments, I mean, if, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg is one of your patron saints and one of your sacraments is abortion, then move to a state that cares about abortion that much, where you don't have to get rusty coat hangers, uh, abortions in a back alley somewhere, that you can get it all the way up until nine, even ten months. Go to Oregon, go to Portland, ruin those states. Leave me be, I'll be over here, where, you know, we're shooting guns off <laughs> and, say, and cracking dirty jokes. That's the country I kind of want to live in. So there's other stuff going on. You know, when you talk about this, uh, you talk about, I mean, for example, Connecticut. Here's an example. If you're a Republican who is very pro-life in Connecticut, then leave. It's perfect example because this is what your governor is trying to say. Come to Connecticut to kill your baby. It's going to be the law in Connecticut as long as we're here, and we're going to be welcoming to anybody else that feels like they're not getting a fair shake in Texas or Mississippi, wherever they be. Come to Connecticut. Exercise your full reproductive choices. Again, reproductive choices. What reproduction? You're not reproducing. You're trying to murder. You're trying to stop reproduction. Stop with the coded language here. Come to Connecticut. Murder your baby here. Is that going to be the state slogan? What's going to be like the state bird? I, God only knows what. 
So if you're a Republican in Connecticut, you're pro-life, and you see that this is happening, leave. Or, you know, you're going to face any kind of consequences. What it does is this whole thing brought it back to the states. And if you're a state that feels strongly about this, then you either have the choice to stay or leave. You can. That's federalism. We shouldn't be having things on a, a, a national level anyways like this. This was a ridiculous decision then. It was, and, and it's a good overturning what you see now. So uh, it's what a what a time. But you know what? The outrage continues. So, you know, recording this earlier here on the week. And, uh, you know, I, I did a podcast on it on Monday. I recorded on Sunday and I put it out Monday of kind of the reaction that was going on over the weekend. This is now the reaction now that it's it was Monday and everybody has to sound off and here's a reporter, here's a TV camera, here's my interview, here's my big opportunity to sound off on overturning of Roe versus Wade. So let's talk about the CEO of Planned Parenthood. Sounds fair. I mean, that's a pretty big blow that they've dealt to something like Planned Parenthood. And uh, how's the CEO respond? Basically, what how you think as it plays right now. So uh, a lot of new reporting from the White House that they're going to try to do things about medication abortions, about interstate travel, uh, supporting women. By the way, listen to Andrea Mitchell here right now from MSNBC, who, by the way, is married to Alan Greenspan. God, can you imagine what he looks like nude? Ugh. Anyways, but listen to her, her voice, just the tone, which is how disappointed and sad and upset and angry. It's not about a reporter. I don't care, even if you are a left-wing or right-wing reporter, just the, the tone. Ugh. You have to travel as much as a thousand miles, but there are limits, and the courts may also step in state by state. Where, where are your battles? Well, look, I mean, I, we are greatly appreciative of the White House uh, and the administration doing as much as they can uh, in every agency to be as creative as possible to get people the care they need uh, and get people to care. We have seen such extreme laws being introduced in states like Missouri and Louisiana, criminalizing not just telemedication abortion, but also things like contraception, IUDs, uh, perhaps I IVF, uh, and that idea that you couldn't travel across your own state boundary um, is just uh, just such a bizarre construct, right? It just obviously harkens back to, to slavery. So we are incredibly concerned about what might happen and to have the White House uh, and the administration thinking about all of the ways to get care to people is so important. Uh, is that amazing? Just hearing about that. States like Missouri and Louisiana criminalizing not just telemedication abortion, but also things like contraception, IUDs, perhaps IVFs. And the idea you couldn't travel across your own state boundary is just obviously harkens back to slavery. Yes, indeed. We got to gotta cover it. It's, I mean, you just take the wheel. It's like, what is this compared to? Let's see. It should be Hitler. Should be the Nazis. Slavery. Let's see. Where's it going to land? Where's it going to land on these tropes? That <sighs> was Alexis McGill, the CEO of Planned Parenthood. Um, and then now let's go over to talking to others who are in this realm. Oh, shoot. I accidentally deleted my email that I have all of my... Uh, Everything that I have with my uh, for my podcast right now. And now let's put it back. Sorry about this. I'm just doing it as a uh, send it back 
That's what I do is I email myself these. Um, this one in red. And I want to put this back in my file. Come on. Why'd I do this? So let's get the hear from others right now that are talking. And it's uh, it's kind of fascinating when you're hearing some of the reaction from people. So it's not just Planned Parenthood, but you also have people like Elizabeth Warren. And Elizabeth Warren, by the way, is the one who was recommending and suggesting that they start putting uh, uh, tents in national parks in order for this to, uh, uh, to be happening. Uh, isn't that amazing? Like, when you start going through this whole process, that they are doing this? <laughs> it's unbelievable. So here's Elizabeth Warren. Having some language that sounds a little uh, insurrection-y, if you ask me. Now, look, I understand that uh, uh, Justice Kavanaugh, for example, I don't know what he said to Senator Collins. I wasn't in the room. But I do know this, that the Republicans have been very overt about trying to get people through the court who didn't have a published record on Roe, but who they knew, wink, wink, nod, nod, we're going to be extremists on the issue of Roe versus Wade. And that is exactly what we have ended up with. This court has lost legitimacy. They have burned whatever legitimacy they may still have had after their gun decision, after their voting decision, after their union decision. They just took the last of it and set a torch to it with the Roe versus Wade opinion. I believe we need to get some confidence back in our court and that means okay all right so setting a torch which by the way uh again when you talk about setting a torch isn't that like that language that we heard from when donald trump would say something like we got to take the fight we got to fight and when trump would say it, it's like oh he means fighting like proud boys in the street so if you say setting a torch or when Maxine Waters would uh, tell people, if you see anybody at a gas station, at a restaurant, you harass, you get in their face and you harass them. You go, wow. So that's not insurrectiony. That's not calling for violence and incitement. No, it's just metaphor. Look, we all use it. It's like a bit a sporting event, like in football. It's like, oh, they're taking the fight on the gridiron. Does that mean they're literally fighting? No. So they have the plausible deniability. They're able to do it. That's okay. That's okay. Ugh. It's incredible. But that's Elizabeth Warren who's just, I'm so angry. I'm angry. All of your liberal friends love Elizabeth Warren, yet nobody votes for her. Isn't that great? She's the first one who put the pronouns. The first, I think the first person in at that level who would put she, her. And it's just a signal of like, see, we're, we're the good guys. We're the good people. We're on the good side of history, the right side of history. It's incredible. Uh, but that's not where all the celebrities... Now let's get to the celebrity class. What do the celebrities have to say? Here's Whoopi. You know, Whoopi Goldberg, famed political commentator on The View, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> is pressing anymore. Well, you better hope that they don't come for you, Clarence, and say you should not be married to your wife oh. who happens to be white. Because they will move back. You better hope that nobody says, you know what? We're not in the Constitution. You're back to being a quarter We're of a person. We're back to the 50s. Because that's not going to work either. What? 
What she's she's off her rails, talking about the about Clarence Thomas. Which first of all, and I mentioned this on the, again on the Monday podcast, but if you're listening for free, you know, not beyond the paywall. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of racist language that was being used over the weekend talking about Clarence Thomas. They, boy, they, you tolerant white liberals really seem to be very tolerant. But you like using the N-word when talking about Clarence Thomas saying that he's a field N-word and that he's just another N-word and a coon and an Uncle Tom or Uncle Clarence. Samuel L. Jackson said that, called him Uncle Clarence. Which, which is he going to lose his, uh, his, his credit card endorsement? Is he going to lose all this other? What's in your wallet? Is he going to lose that because he's calling, using a racial slur, hearkening back to a an awful period in this nation's history. Is he going to, no, of course not. Of course not, because Samuel L. Jackson's a liberal. He's a progressive, and he's saying all the things that the media celebrate, and Hollywood and everybody else. So he's allowed to say it. You can't. You know, we're talking about January 6th more. Yeah, exactly. That's the big news, even though there's a lot of violence that happened over the weekend. So Whoopi Goldberg, of course, coming after Clarence Thomas, because she probably thinks he's a, he's an Uncle Tom. And his wife, Ginny, because they keep bringing up that, oh, she was calling for insurrection, too, on January 6th and everything. It's like, uh, really? But that's Whoopi. Oh, yeah, because that's what's going to happen next is we're going to overturn and make it illegal for you to marry somebody who is of a different race. The, the next thing is we're gonna we're, they're gonna make gay marriage illegal. You, you'll, it'll be illegal to be gay. And the next thing it'll be like I know people who are hysterical about that because even Bette Midler tweeted that out the other day because another famed political commentator, Bette Midler, she's like, they're coming after gays next. For what? No one has said anything about coming after the gays. Like, they mentioned something about uh, Griswold, and they mentioned about Obergefell, but it's not going to happen right now. Like, you really think that if you're, if you're married to a, if you're a gay man married to another man, and that it's just going to, we're just going to undo it today. No, 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 no. Again, overturning Roe versus Wade did not ban abortion nationwide. It just left it to the states. And if you're in a, if you're in a blue state, you'll be fine. You can get your abortions. And it's, it's not going to happen with gay marriage. It's not going to happen with anything like that. But people are hysterical. They're hysterical right now. And <clears throat> some are even wanting to leave the country, including Billy Joe Armstrong. Again, another great political commentator of these days. Billy Joe Armstrong is like Brigadoon. He's the political Brigadoon where he only pops up every few years with uh, him and Green Day, and they put out a protest song. So... You know, you had American Idiot, which was all about George Bush is an evil Hitlerian racist, this and that, and getting us into wars and everything, which, you know, I mean, it's half true. It's not, you know, it's fairly libertarian by today's standards. But Billy Joe and the rest of them probably look at George W. Bush and think he's an honorable man compared to Donald Trump and today's Republican Party. So when, remember when, when Bush's term ended and in 2008, 2009, then Obama becomes president. He didn't hear from Green Day for how long? Then all of a sudden, Donald Trump becomes president. And it's like, hey, we don't like that Trump guy. We're going to put out a song. Thanks, Green Day. Really appreciate that. 
So now because of this, Billy Joe Armstrong is going to renounce his citizenship, even though I think he's born in like Berkeley. Yeah, here's a says from Newsmax. It says, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, lead singer for the punk rock band Green Day, says he's renouncing his citizenship from the United States, apparently in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. That's got to be a lie. How many abortions do you think Billy Joe has paid for over the years? My God. I mean, Green Day's been around for 30 years. That's a lot of abortions. That's a lot of them. <sighs> so goodbye, Billy. Billy Joe. These people are just, it's its hilarious. You're really trying to cling to any type of relevance. And it's like, oh, this is the issue that I'm really going to dig my claws in right now. <laughs> um, now we get to Kamala Harris, our great vice president that uh, is polling worse than Joe Biden. Can you believe that? How is it that the vice president, who does nothing, the vice president has never done anything. The only thing is that they would always say, you're, all, you're a heartbeat away from becoming president. But what has she done? What has she done? Anything they've put her in charge of, whether it's the border or anything, it's just, it's been a disaster. And all she does is she goes on TV with this Joker laugh. Or she, she has this voice, this whiny voice. This like, it's like a condescending voice. We're here because we're here. And because we love everyone. Happy Pride Month, because the great part about pride is that you have pride in pride. What? This is your vice president, but she checked the boxes. She's a person. She's a woman. She's a person of color. Never mind that she's awful at her job. She was awful at her previous job, and she slept her way all the way to being where she's at right now. I mean, what? Whether it was uh, was it Willie Brown? And Montel Williams, I mean, it, it's all over the place. But before we get get to her and her comments on this, let's hear a little bit of somebody who sounds like Kamala Harris. This is a great. This is from last week, but it's a good impression of this this girl who does a great, uncanny Kamala impression. If you wake up, okay, and don't want to smile, if it takes a little while, okay. Uh, listen, open your eyes, okay, and look at the day, okay, you gotta look at the day, <laughs> you do, <laughs> and listen, you'll see things in a different way, okay, um, listen, full stop, don't stop thinking about tomorrow, okay, don't stop. Because it'll soon be here, okay? <laughs> it'll soon be here. <laughs> yeah. It'll be here better than before. Okay. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone. Okay. It's gone. <laughs> and listen, full stop. It is gone. Yeah. <laughs> that girl actually looks like Tiffany Trump. It's really odd. But, uh, yeah, no. She says nothing. She does nothing. And it, that's what's uncanny about that impression because she, she's she got like, it's not just the tone and the cadence, but it's also the lack of nothing. Or I mean, it's, it, it's the f lack of substance that she has in anything. We're, I, I know Anthony Cumia has brought this up, but so during when they were going through the Kavanaugh hearings and that she would be there and she was grilling Brett Kavanaugh, and that's when everyone's like, oh, 
she could be the next president. Yeah, yeah, let's go after Kamala Harris. And you notice that, by the way, is that they really got behind her for, for like five minutes. And then when she <clears throat> went against Joe Biden, who she ended up, you know, talking about busing, and saying, I was a girl, and I was a product of busing. And I am... Uh, and, and like she, she basically called him a racist and like an old Jim Crow racist. And then, of course, now she's the vice president under Joe Biden, the guy that she called a racist. And so she was there for a little bit, but you realize that she was just reading off of things that her underlings were writing for her. And any time that she is supposed to speak off the cuff or have any kind of just normal human interaction it's always awkward, and she just won't stop laughing, which is just a, it's a nervous tick. It's, it's an odd tick, but she, uh, she's going full in, especially talking about the, uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. So here, here's a little bit in her talking about this. If it plays, play. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it, because um, they actually did it. And, and here's what they did. They, the court actually took a constitutional right that has been recognized for half a century and took it from the women of America. That's shocking when you think about it, in terms of what that means, in terms of democratic principles, in terms of the ideals upon which we were founded about liberty, about freedom. Um, you know, I thought about it as, you know, a parent. We have two children who are in their 20s, a son and a daughter. I thought about it as a godparent of teenagers. I thought of it as an aunt of, of, of preschool children. And a woman yourself. And a woman myself. And the daughter of a woman. And a granddaughter of a woman. And, you know, my husband and I are actually talking about it. We have a 23-year-old. And my mother-in-law is in her 80s. Our daughter will not know the rights for the, court, for the amount of time that my mother-in-law knew these rights, which is the right that, that should be well settled, that a woman should have to make decisions about her own body. It's just, it's, it's tiresome. It is tiresome. And, and having it come from her, too. I'm, the, I'm a mother. And I came from a mother. And I came from a grandmother. And I, I do this. It's just tiresome. And they, they keep hiding behind the language. Say what you're trying to say. Murdering babies. And, and I want people on the who are, consider themselves pro-life. Because that's when they always say, well, how could you be pro-life? But... Uh, you don't care about homeless people, and you are in support of the death penalty. I'm like, then fine. Then I'm not pro-life. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm anti-abortion is what I am. Just call it what it is. You're pro-abortion. You're not pro-choice. You're pro-abortion. And we just got to put that out there. Don't stop using the, and by the way, don't use their terminology. A woman has a right to end her pregnancy, to end her uh, for women's health care and women controlling what they can and cannot do with their bodies. Uh, really? <sighs> really? Uh, it's, it's, it is tiresome. But here's, here's another clip from her because this is just, it's, it's just wonderful, wonderful listening to her. I mean, just think about this. 
And when we think about it, everyone has something at risk on this. First of all, if you are a parent of sons, do think about what this means for the life of your son and what that will mean in terms of the choices he will have. Wow, a weirdly pro-life argument from Kamala Harris. This is that horseshoe. <laughs> it's that horseshoe theory. Is it? Yeah. I, I, that's a pro-life argument. And, and by the way, all the others. This is uh, this is another story. I saw this one. Uh, where is that? I gotta pull it up. Uh, so Generation Z, the Zenny, or was a uh, Gen Z are the uh, Zoomers, is what they call them. This says, uh, members of Gen Z, those born after 1996, told Insider, which is another left-wing outlet, told Insider they're terrified of a post-Roe world. Today, the Supreme Court has reversed 50-year blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, Gen Z is afraid. Oh, we're afraid of a post-Roe world. How about, how about just learning birth control? How about learning the consequences of your actions? I mean, you realize any time especially if you're a teenager or in your 20s, that anytime you have sex, that there is an opportunity, sexual intercourse, there's an opportunity, might be a very slight one, of, you know, having a child, of getting pregnant. I mean, that's, that's a distinct possibility. I mean, your parents were not keeping you from dating and having sex when you were 15, 16, because they were meanie butts. No, they... They didn't think you were old enough and mature enough at that time to have a child, to bring another. I mean, you're a child yourself. And that's where it's, people get into that argument and say, well, then that should be a woman's right to choose. No, it's, it's about learning contraception. It's about learning different ways of, <clears throat> hey, maybe if we do this, it stops the risk of pregnancy. I mean, yeah. I mean, the difference of wearing a condom and not wearing a condom is pretty significant. I, I know. Trust me, <laughs> I think we think many of us know that that feeling, but you weigh out the pros and cons, just like with everything on this planet, is you weigh out pros and cons. Let's see, this feels good, but there's a greater risk that I knock this random girl that I met at a bar up and that I'm going to have to pay child support and all this other stuff, or I put this thing on that's not going to feel as great, but the risks of me getting pregnant and never having to see her again uh, or, you know, whatever the case is. Very slim. What's your choice? Pick your poison right now. And to think that we're just going to use birth control as uh, abortion as birth control. And that's kind of how the left has been using this. I mean, I, I mentioned this stat the other day that they always bring up the about rape and incest. Oh, well, what if a woman's raped? Or what if their uncle rapes? Her? Okay, yeah, that's terrible. But that accounts for less than 1% of the abortions. 92 plus percent of abortions are out of convenience. Now, you could say, well, aren't you a libertarian? Shouldn't you, a woman should be having a right to choose. It's like, yeah, but again, as I talked about on Monday's podcast, if libertarians believe in the non-aggression principle, which is the nap. And if you are aborting a baby, isn't that, which is abortion, which is killing. And if you're somebody who believes that a baby is formed at conception and not at birth, then you believe that that child is being murdered. So therefore you are aggressing on that child. So 
you know, you get into that weird argument. And that's where I differ with a lot of libertarians when you talk about that. It's like, well, then you're not true libertarian. Fine, then I'm not. <laughs> so what? Big freaking deal. Um, so it, it's the freak out is happening right now. As you know, I, I played a couple of those clips earlier and stuff, and people are freaked out. They don't know what to do. Uh, there's others that are kind of sitting back and going, "This is actually a a, a pretty." like a really good victory if you're somebody on the pro-life or anti-abortion angle and you had the the gun the gun thing went down in new york from last week and you had this roe versus wade getting struck down on friday and you know the supreme court going to their recess and it, it's a it's pretty successful if you think about it if you're somebody is who is uh, fervently pro-life or anti-abortion however you want to call it and you have the most pro-abortion administration, what a victory that is. What a middle finger to Joe Biden and his administration, to AOC and to Elizabeth Warren and, uh, and anyone in the media who had been for 50 years encouraging and celebrating abortion and using their language to kind of change the culture. What a victory that is. That's why I, I talked about, should Clarence Thomas, should we implode half of the uh, Mount Rushmore. I mean, there's no reason for Teddy Roosevelt to be up there. And, you know, you can make a case for Lincoln taking off of there. So keep Thomas Jefferson, keep George Washington, put Clarence Thomas and, I don't know, Pat Buchanan or Ron Paul. I'm trying to think. Like, it's it's that three toss-up. It's like one of them's got to go. Is it Ron Paul, Clarence Thomas, or <laughs> or Pat Buchanan? Who knows? But that that's if I had my way. But eh, we don't always have that way. We could have it kind of like the Rocky statue. Or the Rocky statue, it's not on top of the steps at the Philadelphia Art Museum. It's to the side of it right now. So if you want to climb up the steps, that's great. But we'll put it off to the side. So that'll be... Uh, so if you didn't make it onto Mount Rushmore, we'll have a separate statue uh, over in the foreground when you're taking your photo up in the Dakotas. <laughs> so what have we learned in this podcast here today? We've learned people are losing their minds over... A lot of misinformation that's been purposely put out there in the media. Lots and lots of misinformation. And not just recently, for decades, that people have kind of been brainwashed about this. You talk to, I would say you talk to your average progressive and they think that abortion is just completely banned. That that we're go, that people are going to be going to back, back alleys and you have somebody in a trench coat. And instead of drugs and meth and everything, it's going to be rusty coat hangers. You really think you're taking things to the nth degree that don't need to be. You're taking things to an extreme that are completely unnecessary, that will not happen. We also have the Bidens are just a crime family. And uh, the, the fact that he's still president right now and the fact that he hasn't keeled over. God forbid, don't want, you know, don't want the FBI coming after me. Don't want to say anything, but... It's kind of surprising that he's an 80-year-old man, and he's an old 80. Biden is an old 80. You realize Dr. Fauci, of course. Dr. Fauci, who, oh, by the way, uh, there was a political action committee that was saying, we need to thank Dr. Fauci. Please contribute to Dr. Fauci over the weekend. I saw that. Please contribute $5, $10, $25, $100. For what? For him lying to the American people? Enforcing unproven vaccines onto people and, and, and forced double masking and everything like that. That's who we're going out, we want to donate to. But anyways, Fauci will be 82 this year. He's born 1940. 
Joe Biden was born in 1942. So that means that Joe Biden is about a year and a half younger than Fauci. Yet Fauci is spry. He's still on TV and everything. He's still giving uh, cohesive cognitive interviews. And Joe Biden's there going, I, 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 I can't. By the way, Joe Biden cannot say constitutional. Wait, what? What What did you say? What did you say that uh, abortion is a what? Abortion is a constitutional uh, right for all Americans. And that doesn't take any questions. And we're fine with that. We're fine with that as a people. That's nice. <sighs> And then we also have twerking. Pride Month is, is almost over. So by the time I talk to you fine folks next week, Pride Month will be over. We'll be talking all Bobby Bonilla all the time. Actually, we might do a podcast. We, I'm thinking of doing a football podcast. Here. I want to talk about backloaded contracts because I think that would be a fun podcast to put out in sports is how you know we talk about Bonilla all the time. But all the guys, like I think Albert Pujols has a massive backloaded contract. There's one of, uh, was it? I think it was Bruce Souter, former closer who was with the Cardinals and the Cubs for a long time. And he ends up going to the Braves, the Atlanta Braves in the late 80s. And I think up until last year, his deal was finally done. It took until 2021. It was like a 33-year deal that he had. And uh, uh, it, for... Which is, which is nice. If you're somebody who's, not, who's retired and not really doing too much, and yeah, it's nice every... July 1st, you get that nice direct deposit that drops in your system, in your bank account. So we might do that. I might think of doing that and doing a little bit of research. Myself and Ken Mosca and Chad Zumach, I'll probably do that in the football podcast. So we'll talk about the Deshaun Watson situation in Baker Mayfield and whatever else is going on in the NFL today for the Rack Me podcast. So make sure you subscribe to that at patreon.com slash rackme, R-A-C-K-M-E. And then, of course, my podcast, patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, if you're listening for free. So thank you for listening to this podcast of a cisgender white male talking about a woman's right to choose. How dare he? What kind of patriarchal... <laughs> That's how I end that. <laughs> Just a big fart sound. <laughs>